Amen, amen, amen. <laughs> Family, how are we doing today? Amen, amen. So two years ago, a uh, big snowstorm happened out here in Long Island, and we lost power. You know, you know, you know how that is. You, you lose power, especially up in Long Island. Everything's electric. You know, so you know, in Brooklyn, when we lost power, we just opened up the oven, turned the oven on. He's up, right? If you're from the city, you know what I'm talking about, right? Or if you have a gas uh, oven at home, you know what I'm talking about. You turn it up, you lose power, everybody chills in the kitchen, and everybody's good until power comes back on, right? So we didn't have that. We have, you know, electric and then the boiler, the flame went out and stuff like that. So I started getting cold. So me and my wife and my kids, we went to the living room, and we gathered in front of the fireplace. Have anybody ever tried to start a fire? Right? I thank God for this invention called lighter fluid. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm outdoorsy, but not the full outdoorsy, right? I won't be out there with the, you know, like trying to get the fire started, you know, with the little um, uh, yeah, kindling wood and stuff like that. But I, I, what, what happened was, got the, so we finally got the fire started, right? You know, thanks to my wife. If she was here, she'd be like, it was all her. I went outside in the snow to get the wood, to bring it back into the house. To get, so it was, mostly it was me, because she wasn't going outside. So we get the fire started, get, you know, we get, we all situated nice and comfortable in the house and, uh, and, and things like that. And then, you know, throughout the night, somebody had to keep on waking up to throw more wood on the fire. Now, if you're like me, once you get nice and warm and, you know, and you go to get outside of the bed, like I'm the type of guy, I hold it until I have to go to, I really have to go. You know, before I step out of that bed, because it was just so nice and warm under the covers, right? So I try to nudge my wife and act like I'm sleeping, right? So, <laughs> and I act like I'm rolling over and still sleeping, so maybe she'll wake up and feel the cold. Because I didn't want to get out and add some more wood to the fire, so I try to nudge her, and then she nudges me back. Like, she knew what I was trying to do. So I get up upset, you know, looking at her, nice and warm. I go and throw a couple more logs on. And then I lay back down. And once I lay back down, once again, it feels like when you get into that good sleep, you need to throw another log on the fire. You know, and, and, then, and then at one point, not only do you have to throw a log on the fire, you have to, what they call, stoke in the fire. So it's like stabbing some of the kindles off of the, the, the wood so that the regular wood can burn and it actually increases the heat, right? So I, I learned that and I said, wow. This is a good message. This is a good message because when we look at the idea, the wood is the word of God, right? Because right? It's, it's, it's one thing when, when we get to a place where we, we, the, the fire just is, is lit, right? We're running to the altar. We're getting excited about this, 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 this new interaction, this new relationship with God. You know, the fire got started. Right? Sometimes the fire is, is, is strong. It's really working within, within the heart because things start singeing off that are not, uh, that's, that things that start singeing off that are antagonistic to your growth as a Christian. You start breaking off with some friends and you start changing your habits and you start living a certain way. You start being more consistent and more disciplined. There's something that happens at the igniting of that fire, right? Amen. See, but this, if you don't feed the fire, it won't stay lit. Say to your neighbor, say neighbor. If you don't feed the fire, the fire won't stay lit. So we're going to talk about feeding the fire today. 
See, because we, we look at the Holy Spirit and he's not going to invade our lives. He's not going to do something that, that's antagonistic to the way he operates. I wrote down here, I said, I said like the song says, set a fire. He said, we are inviting the Holy Spirit and he will join us. But how strong and how long, it depends on you. It depends on your relationship with the word. Scripture is so important for the Christian that, that, that it, it, is, it is necessary for us to grow. And sometimes we forget, and I know I'm talking to some of you here today, because some of us, we have a relationship with the Bible on Sundays. Outside of Sundays, you know, there's so much other stuff going on, but we don't intentionally pursue the Word of God. Some of individuals are quick to wake up, and the first thing they'll look at is their phone. Some individuals are, are, are the first thing they wake up, and, and, and my thing is, I'm not trying to be legalistic about this. I'm not trying to be that person who, who, who's saying we got to perfectly wake up every morning and do this and do that. But the thing about it is, what's on your mind when you first wake up? What's on your mind? What's really occupying your thoughts? In Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 45, God's word is critical in maintaining our spiritual growth and development. God's word is the sustainer for our Christian walk. It says here, verse 45, it says, when Moses finished reciting all these words to all Israel, he said to them, take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day so that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. They are your life. The Bible is your lifeline. He says, by them you will live long in the, hand, in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. See, but it's one thing just to pursue the word of God, but you have to be prepared to not just pursue it. People, people quickly find mentors. I'm going to be a good business person. I'm going to find me a person in that business field that helped me develop as an individual. I want, to be, I want to be a good mechanic, so I'm going to find me a person in that field to develop me. I want to be a good financial individual. I'm going to find a person in the field. I want, to, I, want to, I want to sell insurance. I'm going to find a person in that field. But when they go to a place where they say, I want to be a good Christian, when do you search for a mentor, a person that says, okay, let me help you pour in to your life to make sure that you develop as a Christian even better? See, the word, the word of God, I, I, I think of, uh, there's three different types of words. Number one is, is what we call fresh, fresh wood. And fresh wood is from a tree that just got cut down. You ever see a tree, you, ever, you cut it down? You ever, ever try to light that piece of wood? See, when you light that piece of wood, it, you, you, it, it takes longer to light, one. Two, instead of going, it does more smoke than it does fire. And that reminds me of the individuals who, who, who try to feed on certain songs even though they have scriptures in it, uh, uh, references and, and stuff in it, but that's what they feed on. They don't really get in, in, in intensity and re- create a relationship with the Bible. They'll feed on the words of somebody else, something, well, this is what the Bible said. And so that's that person. And what happens is when a person ta- starts talking about their relationship with God, when they talk about this Christianity, it's more smoke. Because there's no intimate relationship, so they don't know the word. They've heard the word. So yes, John 3.16 says, yeah, or, 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 confess and I shall be saved. But are you intimate with that passage? Yes. 
See, because when you start preaching and trying to talk about this relationship with God, it's more smoke. There's no foundation. There's no depth in your relationship with God. So it's all smoke. These, these tend to be like the babes in Christ, the ones who aren't really grasping this. And then you got the, what we call kindling wood. Kindling wood is, is that good wood that, that is good to start the fire. Right? Kindling wood are, are those texts that we come across that we find and we say, wow, okay, great is he that's in me. Right? It started the fire, ignited the fire in my heart. It got me excited. But it's not sustaining. Kindling wood cannot sustain the fire. It can only start the fire. So you got to go more in depth. So now we say, okay, great is he that's in me. Why? Is greater. Why am I the head and not the tail? Why am I more than a conqueror? Kindling wood can't, won't get you there. A person who feeds on kindling wood is not going to be a person who is deep in their relationship with God. But then the last is called seasoned wood. And seasoned wood represents those scriptures that really bring you to a place of depth. Represents those scriptures that, that really take you to a place. Because season wood, what, the process that the season wood goes through, they take it, they cut the tree down, and they actually take the wood and they bring it into a store place. Whether it's outside storage or inside storage, the, 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 the longer it's seasoned, the better it burns. The longer the wood is seasoned, not only does it, the better it burns, the hotter it burns. So we come across this, the, the kindling wood, get the fire started, we come to the altar call and we're excited about this relationship with God. We're, we're really ecstatic about the relationship with God, but we don't feed this fire. And then let a trial or tribulation come into our life and we're like, oh, it's hard, it's difficult, I quit this church life. Because the question is, what are you feeding it? Have you graduated to feeding yourself uh, the season wood the, the, and those, those scriptures that really bring text and context to your life and, and help you understand that, yes, we can go to a Timothy, we can go to a Corinthians, we can go to, to, to these texts and say, you're going you're gonna to go through some stuff. See, it takes a certain level of maturity to accept the Bible who people say that, oh, dude, Christianity is good. I told you two weeks ago, I thought we were void of trauma in my life. But now you come to a text that says, <laughs> you're going to go through some trials and tribulations. You got Luke, you know, in Matthew, and Jesus is talking to the disciples, tells the disciples, look, I've conquered everything, but just let you know, you're about to see some situations. You're about to go through some stuff. Amen. You, got, you, got, you got Paul telling, telling the, 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 the different churches, he says, look, and this, is, this is what's going to happen, but there's this thing called endurance. See, those are the seasoned scriptures. That, these are the seasoned scriptures that bring you to a place of context and start understanding that, that, that this whole thing called Christianity is bigger than this situation. That's why I, did, like, I love the song that, uh, that we were singing this morning. I didn't even know they were singing this song. Lord, right, you going to want me to sing? Make me a house, right? Let the fire of the altar... Never burn out. How do we go through that? How do we actually, we, we request that, but what do we have to do? Because every request from God means that we have a part to play. Every request that we have from God means that we personally have a part to play. So we're singing that song, let the fire of my altar never burn out. 
How do we have that though? How do we do that? How do we come to a place where the fire is staying strong? And it takes work. Like I said, you know, my, my, my wife and I, we were trying to decide, well, more so me, who's going to get up and put, you know, uh, keep the fire going? See, what happens is, in order to keep the fire going, you have to step out of your place of comfort. Amen. Let's try this again. In order to keep the fire going, you have to step out of your place of comfort. I was in my bed. It was nice and warm up under there. It was nice. It was cozy. I was at peace. And then I had to go into the environment that, that was antagonistic to my comfort. I had to start working. I had to actually wake up to make sure I was doing what I was doing correctly. See, a part of keeping the fire of your altar going means you have to come out of your comfort zone. You have to do some work. Somebody can't keep your fire going. And that goes in any relationship. You talk about a marriage relationship. The husband has to push to keep the fire going. The wife has to push to keep the fire going. You let the fire burn out because you get complacent, you get comfortable, you find tension. So my, I, asked my, I, you know, I look at my father and say, 48 years you're about to hit of marriage. I said, how? He said, son, keep the fire going. He said, keep the fire going. It takes work. So I'm going to give you five quick keys. But I love this. Let me go, matter of fact, because I'm going ahead of some things. Let's go to uh, Luke chapter 26. And I love this conversation. And I'm going to give you the Jamal version, and then we're going to land at chapter th- uh, verse 31. So here goes, Luke is, uh, Luke is telling a story about these two guys, and they're walking on the road, and they see this man. They come across this man, and the man, they, they, they don't, he doesn't look familiar. And he's looking at, and they're looking at him and say, do you know what's going on? Have you heard of all the things that's going on? You know, you, there's this, this thing about this story about Jesus. He died. He rose. Right? So they're all going and walking and having this conversation. And then Jesus says, look, I'm, I'm going to keep going. And they say, no, no, come have a dinner. Have dinner with us. Break some bread. Stay. I know you want to go on, but stay. And they get to verse 31. And, and I love it. He says, when their eyes were instantly opened. Well, I'll go back to 30. No, let me go back to 29. So Jesus starts talking to these guys, verse 24, and he's having a conversation, and he, and he starts bringing light, and, uh, uh, light on certain things, shedding light on things, and they, 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 the guys are having a conversation, and they're like, it's almost to the point where they were mesmerized by all the things that this man was saying. They don't know who he was. And he gets to the place, he says, but they urged, at verse 29, 24-29, but they urged and insisted, saying to him, remain with us, for it is toward evening. And the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. And it occurred that as he reclined at table with them, he took a loaf of bread and praised God and gave thanks and asked a blessing and then broke it and was giving it to them. Then their eyes were instantly opened and they clearly recognized him. And he vanished, departing invisibly. Verse 32. And they said to one another, we're, we're, were not our hearts greatly moved and burning within us while he was talking with us on the road? And as he opened and explained to us the sense of the scriptures. 
So basically he's saying, wow, at the interaction with these scriptures, there was something going on in our hearts. There was a burning that was happening. There was, there was, there was a process. And, and, and I think the heart is, a, is, is, is the only word that's used the most in the Bible outside of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. And it's something significant about the heart. So, so here it is. We, we sing the song, the altar, right? The fire, never burn out. And we're looking at this, this text that talks about the scriptures. So what is the very thing that, that puts us to a place where that fuels our heart? See, because if you're not feeding the fire with seasoned wood, I'm talking about good messages, good conversation with you and God. So number one, the first thing that keeps the fire going is reading the Bible. Not just reading the Bible, but reading it consistently. And people ask, you know, Pastor Jamal, this is such a rudimentary uh, message. I said, yeah, but it's so, it's so rudimentary. Why aren't everybody doing it? Here it is. Alma just talking about what's going on over in Indonesia. I can tell you more stories about what's going on over in Africa, about the move of, the God, and, uh, of God and the move of the Holy Spirit. And here it is. We're in America. And what has happened with us here in America? We have become complacent. Our intentionality about seeking the face of God has decreased. Where we find ourselves seeking God, whether it's a catastrophe, look at everything that's going on, Hurricane Dorian. And what is everybody saying? Oh, let's pray for these individuals. In America, prayer is more reactive than proactive. So we pray. But only afterwards. Mass shooting, let's pray. Hurricane, let's pray. Earthquake, let's pray. So number one, we got to intentionally read the Bible. Get along with his word. Get intimate with his word. Get, get, get to a place where, 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 where I, I, Deacon, Elder Shaw, if you're not familiar with Elder Shaw, Elder Shaw is a minister in, in Brooklyn. And if you see Elder Shaw, his Bible is so beat up. I go, Elder, let me buy you a new Bible. He said, no. I said, I can't let that happen. He said, he said this is my life story. Amen. He said that the, 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 the text that was, was highlighted and, and circled are the text that was talking to me at each step and each stage in my life. He said, this is my life. I can't depart with this. There was an intimate react, interaction with this word. Some people, they, they read the word, okay, that's a good scripture. I, I know pastors that study the Bible on Saturday nights because they got to get a minister on Sundays. So number one, read the word. Number two, study the word. See, people, you know, there's a difference. Reading is one thing. Reading is like, it's like taking it in going through the process, understanding the words, but studying and saying, okay, what does this word mean? What does he is the way mean? What does that mean? Let's stop there. And let's do an extensive study on, on Jesus is the way. That's a study. That's what, when you, when, so you go from being intimate, say, I love this word. This, this word is talking to me. There's something going on. But now you're studying it. Okay, let, me, let me really talk, see what the, the authors were saying. Let me see who was the audience. Let me see who, 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 what was the message being conveyed 
Let's even, if we have to go back to the original text word, which is Greek for the New Testament, and let's really expound on that. That's studying. So number one is reading the word. Number two is taking time to study. Number three, taking notes. Taking notes, going through the process of just writing things down as the Bible speaks to you. I tell you, Elder Short, he, and you look at his body, the posters and stuff like that, it's it just certain things that, that, that was able to help, like little things that he got out of text that he was able to write down that got him through a situation. I know individuals dealing with some depression, they go to that Bible and it just, it, it just one word, love. And they meditate on that one word. And that's the very word that got him out of this level of depression where they would get suicidal, ready to kill himself, probably try to kill himself once or twice before it failed, but they came to this word called love. And they wrote down a little note because it said something to them. So read the word, study the word, take notes. Number three, number f- four. <laughs> Meditate on the word. Meditate on the word. And what do I mean by that? Speak the word back to you. Speak the word back to you. Speak the word back to you. Go through the process. You start reading it, and you go through a place where you start memorizing, and you come to a text that says, who am I that, like, that you are so mindful of me? That puts me in a place not just asking a question, but knowing my worth. Yes. Amen. So I look at it and say, who am I that you are mindful of me? I am Jamar Bernard. Who am I that you are mindful of me? I meditate on these words. I, it puts me into a place where because I'm interacting and in a relationship with this word of God, it speaks to me. So if we get to the end of service and we say this is a source, our, our, our source of faith and our rule of conduct, why? Because I'm intimate with the word. Amen. So that if all else fails, when I look at the news and see all the catastrophe, everything, go, I go right to the word because this is a source of my faith. Amen. This is dictating the lens which I see the life through. Amen. So yes, it might be going crazy, but God still is in control because this is what my word says. Amen. And I meditate on it. He says, he said, he said, whatever is lovely in, in uh, Philippians, whatever is pure, whatever is good cheer, whatever is honorable, think on these things. Yes. Meditate, he's saying. Not just go through a process of, of saying, oh, that's, that's a good message. No, meditate. Let it, let it sink in. Let it go through from a, a conscious state to a subconscious state. Because what happens is when things start moving from a conscious state to a subconscious state, it starts working and touching your involuntary muscles, yes. your involuntary movement. So when people come to you and say, why are you able to handle everything that you handle? Well, subconsciously, there's just something going on behind the scenes that God is doing, doing in my life where I can just walk my head so held high. I can be broke, but I'm good. Amen. See, because there's something that happens when you get into this relationship with the Word. That's what I love in John chapter 1. First one, he says, in the beginning was the word. Just stop there. What does that mean? And he starts going on and, and, and starts talking about the characteristics of this word and, and, and the life that's in this word, the very thing that we take for granted. So we need to read the word. We need to study the word. We need to take notes. We need to, to, to meditate. And lastly, we need to apply the word. 
We need to apply the word. Why do we need to apply the word? Because application is the evidence of learning. Application is the evidence of learning. When you're applying it, you've learned it. When you apply it, that means you've learned it. So you go through the process again, intimate. That's why when people say, you know, Pastor Jamal, you're, 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 you're so optimistic. No, I said I believe in God. They say, oh, Pastor Jamal, you're, 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 you're so calm when, when, when crisis is coming your way. I said, I just, I just have this relationship with God, this relationship with the Word, because, and I understand what, you know, it, does it hurt? Yeah, it hurts. Do I get discouraged? Yeah, I get discouraged. But if you're standing on his word, you have no other choice but to stand. Amen. There's two postures when you're dealing with God's word. Standing and prostate. When you're down there just praising, worshiping God. Face on the Bible pages, tears running down because you're just in love with this God. You're in awe. I say, wow, God, you're amazing. So as we close, I understand. My father, he, t- he taught me this. He said, he said, Jamal, anything you want to be good at, you make it a study. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor. anything you want to be good at, you make it a study. So if you want to be a good Christian, come and talk to your neighbor, say, neighbor, if you want to be a good Christian, make Christianity a study. And basically what, he, what he's saying is that, that, that you got, some people got natural skills, but when you want to reach this level of, of excellence, when you want to reach this level of, of being the best of the best, you have to make it a study. It doesn't come by happenstance, only by intentionality. And if you're not intentionally engaged with the Word of God, you're not going to become the best Christian you can be. And you'll find yourself getting frustrated because people are going to call on you. Once you represent Christianity, people are going to call on you when the hurricanes come, right? When the mass shooting comes, when the earthquakes come. And the question is, are you going to be ready? Are you at a place where you're not prepared? Because your Christianity is mediocre. It's on you. It's like I love, I love how, how God puts it to, to Israel. He said, look, Israel. He said, I got two paths for you. He said, I got bless, blessing and cursing. Said, but you choose. So I challenge you today. You choose on the depth of your Christianity. And don't get frustrated because people are going to judge whether it's good or it's bad. So don't get frustrated. Let's stand. As we close, I want you to really take a time and reflect. And I'm pretty nice. I'm not telling you to, to, to get into your Bible you know, when you go home tonight. You know, Super Bowl starts. I mean, uh, NFL starts. The real game. Because I don't know what was going on on Thursday. I'm sorry, Chicago Bear fans. 
But I'm saying take it one step at a time. Out a day. And next week, out another day. But God is going to judge your heart and see how intentional you are about developing that relationship. See, I wake up thinking, God. I wake up looking around and saying, Lord, thank you. Because I know that one, tomorrow is not promised to no man. And two, humanity is losing respect and losing the sanctity and sacredness of human life. So I don't take it for granted. My kids are waking up healthy. I don't take it for granted my wife is waking up healthy. So as we start praying, just start reflecting. Saying, okay, Lord, what is my path? Because my path might be different from your path. But as long as it's a progressive path. You know, people try to say, oh, don't judge me. My, my change is taking a little longer. No, there's no change at all. So I'm judging the, 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 not the lack of change, but no change at all. I want you to just think about, Lord, what, what's my path? Where do I start? What, what text do I start reading? Lord, put somebody in my life that can help steer me. Lord, I need, I need, a, I need a, a Bible study plan. I need a devotion. Help me start somewhere. And if you're sincere, you're going to find him answering. You're going to find some things opening. You're going to find somebody might, might just hand you a book and say, hey, I was thinking about you. But you got to be serious about this. Father God, we thank you for the opportunity to just worship in your presence and, and just be used by you to represent Christ and culture, to be your ambassadors. So Lord, I ask that you have your way. Lord, right now, I ask that you just touch each and every individual in this building and each individual that's watching online. That you just give us a sense of urgency and understanding the necessity for being intimate with your word. Lord, I pray that you just sensitize our spirit so as we start reading your word, we can understand what's going on. We can, we can get, receive some understanding, some, some knowledge, some wisdom, Lord. Lord, I pray for the individuals in this, in this, in this place that they will, they will be able to go approach your scripture. Lord, I ask that you help some individuals because they don't know where to start. So I pray that you open up doors for individuals in their lives that will just help them, move them towards that. Open up chances for dialogue, conversation. So Lord, as we read, study, take notes, meditate, and apply your word, that we become Christians that represent you better and better. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. Come on, saints. This Bible. Bible. Come on, we got to say it like we mean it. This Bible Bible is our primary source of faith. This Bible Bible is our rule of conduct. conduct. This Bible Bible creates a lens lens that we see life through. through. 
as we leave this place with never God's presence. Jesus is Lord, period. We believe it, we proclaim it, and we're seeing it come to pass. God bless and enjoy the rest of your Sunday.